Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I do not know, my name is Mike. It's an honor to welcome you here to North Star, both in the room and watching today. We are thrilled you're here. Nick painted a great picture for us. Nick's one of the grad assistants over at KSU, one of the football coaches, and he painted a great picture for us. In this life, we're all on a journey, and there's some hills, and there's some scary spots, and there's some tough parts, but we know the one that can help us figure out our way on the journey. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to take your Bibles, turn to Psalm 23. Psalm 23, if you've got your uh, app, it's the best way to follow along, North Star Church, Georgia. If you need to download that app, it's a great way to follow along. So if you're watching online, you can throw it up on your screen. You got it there. If you're in the room, we don't give handouts anymore, so you'll have to pull it up. But we've got friends this morning. I put out a little thing early on social media this morning. I said, tell me where you're watching from today. So I apologize if I missed some of you because when services started, I had to bow away. But we've got Heather watching in Cartersville. We've got Donna. That's my sister. All right, she's watching in Suwannee. She's going to correct all my stories I tell about childhood. That's the way it works. Uh, Carrie Beth's watching in Marietta. Brian and Linda in Kennesaw. Elliot's watching up in Nashville. We've got Kenny and Melinda down in Miramar Beach, Florida. That's not right. But anyway, so I would not be watching if I was on the beach. But anyways, that's a whole other deal. Marilyn Crowder, Spring Hill, Tennessee. Robert and Maggie are at Lake Point Baseball Fields up in Emerson. Watching this morning, Kip Falk and Ackworth. Uh, Mike and Lori in Kennesaw. Dan and Elizabeth in Smyrna. We've got uh, Dave and Lyndon Highlands, North Carolina. Lori in Boca Raton, Florida. And Shannon Gaddis in Dallas, Georgia. Would y'all welcome all the folks watching online this morning and give them a hand, a little sampling of where everybody's watching from. Well, this has been, you know, there are those series we, we write and we go, you know, our people need this. You know, those are those series you sit in a room and we do our brainstorms and we, we lay out in advance where we're going, what we're doing, so we can get all our stuff together with videos and music and all that kind of fun stuff. There are those series that are for others, and then there's, there are those series you do, and you went, no, I think that was for me. I think I needed it more than anybody. I don't know what 2020's been like for you, but it's been one of those years that, as a leader, I have found myself saying, I don't know more than I've ever said it before in my life. You know why I've said I don't know? Because I don't know. And nobody knows. And we all have questions and we have doubts. And I am, my job is to give you hope. And my job is to paint a, a picture of we're going to keep going, we're going to keep moving. And we, we have those times that we're on. Psalm 23 arrives just in the right time. David writes this psalm. King David writes a psalm. Remember this, this is big. He writes it as a sheep, not a shepherd. You got to know that. So this psalm is written from the perspective of a sheep. It's written from the perspective of one that follows, not one that leads. Big difference. He's not writing it as, well, I'm now that I'm a shepherd, I would do all these things. He's saying, I'm a sheep. So here's what we know about sheep. Remember this. Sheep have no ability to find their way by themselves. Can we all remember that? No way. So sheep don't just get up in the morning and go, well, I gotta dress myself and I gotta go out and take care of all my food. I gotta take care of my, my uh, places that I'm gonna go. So remember, if we're driving down a little two-lane road there, on the right side of the road, you could see a pasture and the, the meadows are green, the fence is mended, the sheep look healthy, the sheep look nourished. There's no bug bites on them. 
They look like they know what they're doing and, and there's, there's water. The sheep did not do that. The shepherd did. The sheep didn't go, well, let's go up and mend some fences and let's get some stuff together. They don't do that. They have no ability to do that. On the other side of the road, you have a fence that's torn down. You have sheep that don't like they've eaten in a while. You have sheep that, in fact, they look very sickly because they've been bitten. You don't see any fresh water. It's not the sheep's fault. They didn't have a good shepherd. Remember, David started this passage, see if we can all remember. He said, the Lord is, what did he say next? Who's shepherd? My shepherd. He's a sheep. David paints the picture. I really didn't know where I was going in this life. I really didn't know what all this life held for me. But I know this, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not be in want. He leads me. He makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the quiet waters. And he, David said, he restores my soul. He gives me time to rest there And he said, and even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David paints the picture sometimes on this journey as a sheep. You go through some tough times. Talked about that last week. You go through some times where there's shadows and they don't look good. But he said this, I will fear no evil because you, my shepherd, you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. And my cup overflows. And then we get to verse six, which is where we're gonna camp out today. Look in your outline, look in your Bible. You got anything to highlight with or write with? I want you to do it. He says, surely goodness and unfailing love will. What's the next word? Help me out again. What does it say? Pursue. Well, when you think about pursuing, what do you think of? You think about a chase. What's he talking about? A sheep couldn't make it on their own. Therefore, the shepherd, his job from the moment they became his sheep was to get them safely home. So if that sheep would wander away, that shepherd would pursue that sheep, not out of fear, not out of beating them, not out of being mad at them, but he went to take that sheep, he would pursue that sheep, with goodness and grace and bring that sheep back. Surely goodness and love will follow me. What's the next word? All the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David didn't write this when he was 14. David wrote this at the end of his journey. David didn't write this when life was all out the front windshield. No, David wrote this from the perspective there's more in the rear view mirror than there is out the front windshield. And he said, let me tell you about my shepherd and let me tell you what he can do for you. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Would you pray with me? Whether you're sitting at a ball field in Emerson or you're sitting on a beach in Florida or you're sitting in this room, Would you just ask God to show you what he has for you this morning? Would you? Would you say, God, just show me? 
I've got fears, I've got doubts, I've got worries, I've got anxiety, I've got concerns. And I don't want to live in fear. Would you show me what I need today? God, speak to us. Teach us. Walk with us. And God, in a few minutes when we finish, may we be super glad we met with you today. And Father, that is my prayer, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. If you got your little notes out, I want you to write down a couple thoughts this morning. Ready? Thought number one about why we don't have to fear our future because God is watching over me. Under, under that, I want you to write a little thought down. Ready? I am never alone. From the minute you become his sheep, you're never alone. He's watching you. He doesn't take his eye off you. There's not a day where you wander off and he goes, oh my gosh, I forgot he was with me. That doesn't work like that. He is watching you. He is watching you because he loves you. He is watching over me. Look at what he says. Surely your goodness will pursue me all the days of my life. Are there times it doesn't seem like God is good? Yes. How many of you have ever walked through a season where you felt like God wasn't good when you were walking through that season? Raise your hand if you ever felt through that. I've, I've been there. But then you get on the other side of it and you go, oh my gosh, I see what he was doing. Because Romans 8, 28 is true. That he takes all things good and bad and works them together for the good. Why? Because he's a good God. See, here's the hardest part for me and you. Life seems like it's, it's uh, going to last forever and it's not intended to last forever here on this earth. And our perspective of God is based on how this life turns out. That, that's all we have. That's all, and I got the same thing as you got. And sometimes when life's not going good, I'm like, okay, God, you must not like me. And God's like, Mike, you have no idea what I have planned for you. Mike, you are looking at what's right in front of you right now, but you're not seeing all that I'm seeing. Do you know that Psalm 91 says that God puts angels around you to protect you? Did you know that? Isn't that interesting? That there are angels amongst us to protect us. You, you go back to the Old Testament and you find Daniel in the lion's den and there was a protection over him. You find that Elijah praying and Elijah's, here's the crazy part, Elijah's eyes are open to angels that encircled him in protection. Well, as God loved Elijah, God loves you. Why does God go to those degrees? Because he loves you and he watches you. I want everybody to get this. I don't care what your circumstances may tell you. I don't care what you may hear. You are never alone. He watches over you. And I would even write this a little addendum to the side or type it in with care. With care. That's what a shepherd would do. He watched with care. Number two, because grace is working in me. Not only is God watching over me, grace is working in me. The minute you become, the, that you come to know Christ, I want you to write a word down, ready? Here's the words, process. You become a person in process. 
What's the process? The process is you are being shaped in the image of Christ. That's the process that we all enter in. The day, if you're 14 or 48, the day that you ask Christ in your heart, you begin the process of looking more like him. I think all of us in this room watching online today would know the name Billy Graham. Billy Graham was married to an amazing lady named Ruth Bell Graham, who Dr. Graham would tell you was the hero of the family. She's the one that made it happen. On Ruth Bell Graham's tombstone, it reads, reads this. Construction is now finished. Thank you for your patience. You know what she was saying? Process. I've been in process. You have been in process to look like your father. Look at, look at what scripture says. Surely your unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. What does that love come from? That love comes from his grace working in you to make you into his image. That's, that's what all of that comes from. Hebrews says we can come before God's throne where we can receive mercy and grace to help us when we need it. Ephesians 3.20, now to who is able to immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine because the power at work within us. So, crazy. So, March, I remember, do you remember where you were when it was like you heard the world was shutting down? Does everybody remember? I've got like 9-11 in my memory and I've got that in my memory. I was in Buford, Georgia, speaking to a group of coaches that morning at 6 a.m., you know God's in it at 6 a.m. in Buford, all right? And so it was early morning driving over there. I'm sitting with these coaches and we're starting to get news popping on my phone about, man, this coming. I had some calls from some superintendents of schools that were keeping me in the loop. And at 9 a.m., yeah, something may happen. At 2 o'clock, it's like my schools in Georgia are shutting down as of this afternoon. And we're, I'm having to shoot a little video in my backyard going, hey, guys, we're not going to meet this Sunday, but I bet we'll be back soon. Not. All right. And so, you know, it was a weird deal, wasn't it? And so we all just sort of lived right around our house. How many of y'all, it was really weird getting out and driving and there's no traffic, right? I mean, zero. You're like, that's sort of nice, but no traffic. Like, I got on 75. It was like six weeks before I even got on the interstate. I had to do something, but had to get on the interstate. The only place that was crowded was Home Depot. It was like pandemic free. It was the weirdest thing. So you're like driving, there's nobody out. You got Home Depot and there's people everywhere, everywhere. And listen, I'm not a real frequent Home Depot guy, all right? And so for those of you that are regular North Shore people, I'm not a home fix-it guy. I married a home fix-it woman who she's basically the man of the family. I clean, I take care of things and builds, all right? And that's the way our family works. Well, why was everybody at Home Depot? Because they were doing home fix-it projects. You know what they were doing? They were re remaking what they have. They're remodeling to make it little, look a little bit better. HGTV was just like the temptress for everybody. Everybody's looking at, we could do that. Okay, all right. And so we're, I remember I'm ha ha holding stuff up for Anne in the yard and doing all these projects. Why? Because it was a work in progress. Do you know what happens to you spiritually? God does a home fix-it project on you. From the inside to the outside at the 930 service, I had a young man sitting here right to my right, that I met when he was 13 years old. 
He was in middle school. He has middle schoolers now. I've known him since he was 13. You know what I can tell you about him? He is not the same person at 40 that he was at 13, aren't we thankful, all right? And so at 13, you're having to go, shut up in the back of the van, all right? And so that's, he was in my youth group. He's not the same guy. He's a work in progress. Everybody look at me. You're in progress too. And sometimes God uses tough things, but his grace helps make you, make you on the outside of it a little bit better and a little bit stronger. Point number three, because heaven's waiting for me. I think it's a really interesting how David wraps this psalm that even somebody who didn't go to church has heard of this. Even somebody that doesn't know about God, they're like, hey, I've heard of the shepherd psalm. I've heard of Psalm 23. Listen to what he says. I will live in the house of the Lord forever. All right, everybody got me. Everybody look at me. Here's what he's saying. God's got me here. And God's got me there. God's got me while I'm here. And God's gonna hold me forever when I get there. David's going, I'm just a sheep. And I look back on my journey, I have no idea how I got here other than a good shepherd. And that shepherd never took his eyes off me while I was here. And that shepherd has a place now for me there. I'm gonna dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So in this role that I get to have, I get to be with people on some really, really happy days. I see them when they welcome babies into this world. I see them on days they get married. Big days. But also, gosh, I've been here 23 years, going on 24 here at North Star. I see people on some tough days. Steph and I were talking this morning, and probably, Stephanie, you've been at North Star how long? We've been working together doing this. I'm about to be in my 15th year on staff. I've been coming as a volunteer for, for 20 years. We've done hundreds of funerals. Steph's at the Keys, playing a song, singing for the family. And we've seen people that have lost children. We've seen people that have lost spouses. We've seen people that have lost parents and grandparents and everything and, and the like. But we've seen some different than others. We've seen some that respond a little. It's like they have a hope. What's it like for you, your perspective, looking at families that know where that loved one went? What's that like for you? There's a quote, uh, I think it's Max Lucado that says, um, if Jesus is your savior and heaven is your home, then the day that you die is sweeter than the day that you were born. And I think for the families that, um, that have that hope and, and that assurance for themselves and for the, the person that they've lost, there is, just as scripture says, there is 
a peace that passes any kind of understanding. But we've also sat on those days and Paul said, we grieve, but we don't grieve like those who have no hope. We've seen when there was no hope. What's the difference between the two from your, from your perspective? I think for me, it's, it's not so much something that you, that I've seen, but there is a sound when people who don't have hope cry. There is this mournful wailing um, that just, it feels helpless, I think. And, and there's a lot of regret and um, it just feels like this cup of sorrow that will never be mm-hmm. filled. It's just always there and they can't even see a way into the next day. What would you tell somebody today, Steph, that says, I'm not sure I know. What kind of encouragement would you give them to make Jesus their shepherd? What would you say? You know, I, I think sometimes we, um, we live as though we have forever. And um, I think that there are things in this life that we realize in the moment that we can't do on our own. And then maybe the next day comes and you figure out, well, maybe you can. I would just say to those people, I mean, life may not be a lot easier on this side. I mean, there's an assurance when you make that choice, knowing that no matter what this life brings, um, there's more to life than just the living here. You know, you think of that sheep, and I love the imagery of the sheep because you, you think of that little sheep trying to make it on its own. Hungry, lost, bewildered, fearful. And there's a shepherd that's just waiting on them to say, I want to be with you. That's the picture of life. I don't know where you are today. I don't know how you found yourself walking in this room or tuning in this morning, but I know this. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. John 10, and the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. Would you pray with me? Well, there's some of you sitting there right now and man, your heart is just ripping. You're going, Mike, I don't know. I don't know if, if my family was sitting there and it was me, I don't know if they would know where I am. But I don't want to live another day as a wandering sheep. I want a shepherd to follow. Boy, can I introduce you to him this morning? It's just a simple prayer. It's just really giving words to your heart, saying, dear Lord Jesus, would you pray this? I need you. I believe you live for me. And Jesus, I believe you died for me. 
Jesus, I believe you rose again just for me. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and be my personal Lord and Savior today. Be my good shepherd. I don't want to do any more of this journey by myself. Welcome home, friend. Welcome home. Maybe you're watching and you say, Mike, I already know Jesus, but I'll tell you what. I've been taking on too much that he didn't create me for. I want to trust him more. Would you just tell him? Jesus, I want to trust you more. God, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for meeting with us this morning. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.